This is Caminantes, where you are invited behind the curtain of the 2021 Caminos Festival and into the creative minds of this year's Caminantes. Think of this podcast as the theater lobby, where people can mingle and talk about the incredible art they're creating. Coming out of COVID and everything else that's, that's happened, I'm super curious, like what the new festival culture looks like. That's what I found this time around. There were so many ideas. You know, you can play tricks on people's eyeballs in the theater that the screen doesn't really let you do. There's a real encouragement to think of creative solutions that then like can become part of your artistic practice outside of the festival. We are all different beings. We're so different, so different. And, and how do we maintain our differences and be able to live together and talk to each other? In this episode, we'll hear three conversations with some of the incredible festival team that make Caminos happen. First, we'll hear from Aluna Theater's artistic director, Beatriz Pisano. Let's get started. I am Bea Pisano, and I am the artistic director of Aluna Theater and the artistic director of Caminos. Caminos, my favorite festival. And talking about how is your favorite festival, can you tell us a little bit about how did you curate the festival this year, being that it's a, a different type of year to have a festival? I mean, the beautiful thing was that uh, when we put the call out, what it made it accessible was to the rest of the country. We always do it across the country, right? But, and we can invite, but maybe that limits us to inviting one person, right? Like uh, to bring them to Toronto. But this year was like, we can do it from anywhere. And so it's been really fabulous for us. Also an opportunity to get to know people that we might not otherwise know that they even exist as artists, you know, in smaller communities. What I want is something to be different, right? Like from most festivals of works in progress, I didn't want things to be um play readings right that was not my focus we we were going we are so excited about experimenting on our feet i've been thinking a lot about collective creation so mm. much since like in the last few days what it means to create in that way and i think uh caminos i can say is kind of a collective creation of all these incredible artists bringing stuff i mean the difference this year is that we will be able to get the footage ahead of time what I love about Live Caminos is that we have no idea, we have curated things, but we have no idea what's going to happen until that night. So it is magical. And the, this year was, uh, because it's digital, we were able to have 32 groups. With the pandemic, what was the best for us was being able to support artists. Oh my God. And not say you have to produce something. Just go here, there's a little bit of money go and dream and and uh if you need to sit by a lake and just think that's 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 being an artist you know i hope that artists take it as a place to give themselves the space mm. it's just to to be and there's this is not a final product whatsoever you can you know the beautiful thing with these um pieces in, in process is that you put something up now and you may look at it and go oh i don't want any of that but something from that presentation clicks with you. Sometimes it's what I call finding the frame, how you frame something that you're trying to, to, to discover. But it is about what are you trying to discover and not to be afraid of that, you know? 
I think it's intimidating because it's digital, right? So it's not like live is like, well, you didn't see it tonight, you know, you know, you know, tomorrow is going to be different, right? <laughs> think the live performance and stage is something that no matter what is never going to die. That experience, you cannot replace it with anything. Many, many years ago, when I was at La Mama in, in Italy, and you know, I can't remember names, so please don't ask me, but I was working with this incredible Israeli uh, director, and she said something like, you know, theater, the language in theater is changing because how we communicate is different. So having these monologues that go for four minutes, 10 minutes, they're not realistic. And, and you know, we live in this medium that is fast, right? So I'm interested to see what is going to translate back to theater. I'm very excited about that. But I also respect also, and that's what excites me, the new generations, you know, they have a vocabulary that is not mine, you know, and that's, that's, that's life, that's how it is and how they perceive the world and the things that really move them to, to, to be artists. And so that's what excites me when I see Caminos, I go, oh, that's what they're excited about. You know, that's really, it's beautiful. Whatever shape or form, if it is life, you are in communion with that audience. And is that feeding back and forth, right? So you're still doing that, whatever shape and form you want to do it, right? But that's still the communication. We know that this festival in particular this year is a mixture of online and in-person festival. So yes. is there any surprises or how was the process of approaching the artist to be, is digital or live? Yeah, we gave them a choice, right? Like uh, there's uh, something that Sue, Sue Balland, our producer, always brings to the table. And it's like, when we're thinking is, what does the artist need? That's where we part from. Like ask them, not us imposing on them. So, and also for me, because I go, we are in these times that if somebody, if I'm walking by a window and I see one second, that's all I need. You know, I don't need to stand there and like, but if you get that thing, you know, it's like you don't have to stay there for the whole duration. I think that's what the beauty of art is. If something catches your attention and you just turn, oh, and continue your day. But you have an image now in your head. And for me, that's as we hopefully will move more away from this such a capitalist model of, 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 of art making in these countries is art is that, you know, that's what we offer. So that's why I, when I say I love Caminos, that's why, because you really see the audiences and the artists really, really talking to each other. You know, it's not precious. Nothing is precious. You go to a big theater where you pay a hundred dollars. No, it's not precious. The audience is your partner. It's not your business transaction. And we wanted to ask if there's any memorable experience that, that sticks out to you from a previous festival, like any good stories you have, something that you remember. <laughs> because it, that's, that's the communion. Uh, when Rosa was presenting Marine Life, right? When, and there's mariachi songs and that, and suddenly the audience started singing, right? Mm -hmm. And then the week after I gave a lecture at York and one of the students was very upset that, you know, that he couldn't hear 
what was going on because people were singing and laughing and that, you know, and I went, oh, that, that, that is, that is performance, right? So, and when I heard like more than half of the theater singing the rancheras, I went, this is, you know, I mean, there'd be many, many things, but that one really stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, the different cultures, right? And that's, my God, you guys are asking me a lot of things I've been thinking is about, again, for me, the obsessive question nowadays is how do we live together? Like really, maybe accepting is not the word, but we are all different beings. We're so different, so different. And, and how do we maintain our differences and be able to live together and talk to each other? That was artistic director Beatriz Pisano. Next, we'll hear from Aluna's artistic producer and designer extraordinaire, Trevor Schwellness, and Caminos Festival and Aluna theater producer, Sue Ballant. Hello, my name is Sue Ballant, um, and I am the festival producer for Caminos, um, and I've been around for a couple years uh, doing that and also year-round at Aluna producing things. Hi, uh, my name is Trevor Schwellness. I'm the artistic producer at Aluna Theater. Quite comically, Trevor, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, I saw you, I don't know if you saw me, probably the 2012 festival. Um, I was living on Roncesvalles at the time, and I saw you maybe a day or two before opening, stumbling like a crazy man into the LCBO. As producers do. As, and you were totally, you had the look of like, I'm producing a festival, I have 24 hours, I need to go buy the alcohol now because I don't have anyone who's running a bar, I'm doing everything on my own. And I thought to myself, that man is within 24 to 48 hours from opening a festival. Well, I, I've got a question. Like, Sue, you work you work at Caminos and, and the Rutas Festivals, and you've also been working at Summerworks and Progress. With Sagachuk. And with Sagachuk. Of course, with Sagachuk. Oh, how could I forget? And so what, what do you see an ecology forming that kind of is 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 a coherent culture of festivals? Well, I, I mean, it's a great question. And I think, like, in this moment, more than anyone <laughs> in the past coming coming out of covid and everything else that's that's happened i'm super curious like what what the the new festival culture looks like um and i mean that in terms of the considerations around touring and international versus versus local and how we move in the world and communicate with each other but i really hope that um ultimately we can embrace a whole new set of opportunities that of what have we learned in terms of collaboration, what worked better in for festivals um, when we were able, I'll, I'll give you an example from Wasagachuk. And actually, I was having this conversation earlier this week um, when it kind of just dawned on me that every festival that I've done during COVID, which is two summer works now, um, we're doing Caminos right now, um, heading into the second with Sagachuk. Um, they've all been development festivals. They've all been work in progress festivals. What I learned about all these development festivals is so many things were actually, we were able to support the artists better. Um, and the resources we could place instead of travel, hotel, per diem, like all that money that was getting allocated in another direction, um, we could support more artists. And we could also ask that like, 
lovely question that I, I really love with development festivals. What is it that you need in this moment? What can we do for you? We're a company, we have resources. As an independent artist, like dream big. We'll say no if we, if we can't do it, but for example, I'm working on a script. Who is that dream person who happens to live like on the other side of Turtle Island right now? You can have them <laughs> as your dramaturg because we can afford it, because we're all on Zoom anyway. Text-based mm. work works really well. Um, the collaborations that we were able to form and the matchmaking we were able to do was like super satisfying. Trevor, what do you see the opportunities are in this hybrid performance festival model? Well, I think it's shaken up. What's happening is we're getting a new set of uh, video literacies developing and kind of how people see and understand something in front of their face on a screen is changing in a different way. And those things have an effect. And as a primarily I'm a designer, uh, that's the stuff I think about a lot. Um, I am a little bit worried that what design means has shifted um, kind of on the level of uh, everything working on a screen is not the same as everything working on a big screen or it live is just, it's just so different and, and it's refreshing when, I mean, I'm still letting people into the studio and I see them starting to work and I'm like, I just want to sit in the corner and watch them because there's a body in space and somebody's turning a light on and Oh my goodness, he put a gel color in there in the first one. So, so it's just, it's like, uh, 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 all that stuff is going to come back in a big crashing rush when we are able to, if we are able to, how we are able to. Um, and it just doesn't, the eye, the retina doesn't take it in the same way. You know, you can play tricks on people's eyeballs in the theater that the screen doesn't really let you do. I was wondering, like talking about all of this, how did you curate this Caminos this year compared to past years? Okay, I can tell you a couple of things that were different. So the COVID thing, we we had a full year where we couldn't produce anything. So we took all that money and put it into a big pot. Instead of producing a show, we took a show's worth of money and made residencies for a whole bunch of people. And that gave us um that kept i don't know creative juices flowing i'm not sure how much of a support it was a couple thousand bucks here a couple thousand bucks there is not going to dramatically change your life but the encouragement to keep working i think and a little bit of real support is you know can resonate in in really strong ways with somebody especially if they're not sure what they're doing so they could just okay i'll just do this i think there was a there was a beautiful realization that i think happened in in the culmination of those residencies, which Trevor, I forget when it was, maybe last spring, when we actually brought everyone back to do uh, mm. approximately 20, 30 minute sharing on Zoom with each other. And it ended up being um, almost like an internally curated two day event for all of us to share together on Zoom. And I think for me, I think that's when internally we had kind of a festival team realization that was the best festival that i had seen during covid that that two-day um zoom sharing was better than any other zoom experience that i had had you know and it was just raw and honest and work in progress and really exciting to see what those artists could um to to imagine what those artists could do next if we level up a little bit further and say, okay, you're all mm. part of Caminos now as well. That's one reason why I kind of don't ever want the, these festivals to kind of disappear because they're they're not only about showcasing work. They're not about 
you know, and there, and there, it's not a catalog of talented things to send around the world. It's all about that stuff, but it's also uh, a group of people talking about the world they're in right now and how they see it and how uh, different ways of reflecting it that can inspire um, audiences and other artists. So that's, I don't think this sort of stuff, uh, I mean, we got to make sure we keep something like this going because it's so important. Is there a memorable experience that sticks out to you from a previous Caminos festival? Any good stories? I remember that early Camino, oh, was it 2017 when we did Marine Life? Was it 2017? Yeah. And there was this moment where we would, they, that, so that group wanted to use big blocks of ice. So we had blocks of ice on the stage in the Aki, uh, and we had to get a fresh set for every show from some delivery. And anyway, uh, and so we had to actually make a big tray of a uh, huge uh, pool liner to hold the water because you don't want to flood that floor. There was a lot of paranoia about that. And, and it was actually this great magic. It was a beautiful thing to watch. Nobody wanted to produce a show with ice after that. We learned the hard way, right? But but like this at one point where uh, one of the actors puts a little pill bottle on, 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 on top of the block of ice because he's, you know, contemplating terrible things and he's on medication. There's a whole like, very interesting, tragic character. But but the bottle started moving and sliding down the block of ice. And so suddenly like and this guy had so much presence. He was like he just let it go. He just st- stared mm-hmm. at it. And so the whole audience was with him staring, watching this bottle of ice. That show actually was also the one time we had a small audience incident or a set of complaints because the audience was clapping and singing along to the songs too much. Some Somebody didn't thought the audience should be more placid and, and controlled in their response. And I thought that was just, well, anyway, it was the best. It was the best moment for us. And the other thing I miss a lot is the bar afterwards. When we had um, the uh, solo Othello, uh, the Maori group came up. And they 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 came in after their show and there was this, you know, the music was playing. There was a band, there were kids running around, there was food, and they were like, it's just like home. After the show, we want food and family and people and kids. It's like they were they were uh yeah, that was that was like, oh, okay, there's something going across here. And uh, it was, it was, that was the what that's one of the things I'm, I I miss the performances, I miss a lot of things, but like the the after party is always like a thing in your life in that period and you know it makes it worth all those trips to the lcbo mm-hmm. etc and that was from aluna's core team trevor schwalness and sue ballant next we'll hear from two members of the caminos production team carissa wilcox and Rebecca Bandedbell. I'm Carissa Wilcox, and believe my title is production manager, so sometimes the technical director title ship is kind of between Rebecca, Trevor, and myself. <laughs> I'm Rebecca Vandenbeld. I am a member of the production team. Yeah, we. some years I have a more specific role, like uh, there was one year where I was the like lighting coordinator, and I managed the lighting hang and focus for Caminos, but uh, this year, uh, because each individual team was kind of working independently, uh, Carissa and Trevor built a team of people that they could kind of deploy as needed. Um, so rather than having a specific assigned role, uh, I'm kind of supporting technical needs for the companies um, and uh, preparing to be deployed as necessary kind of thing. And I think because of uh, COVID and being at the VIS festival being online, it kind of, it took a bit of a shake up to, for what we want to do and what our strengths are. Yeah, everyone's working so independently that we wanted to be able to kind of fit the need, like 
fulfill the needs of each team, um, but uh, not totally overwhelm everyone because it's actually much, uh, many more projects than usual. Okay, so Rebecca and Carissa, what opportunities are you seeing in this hybrid performance festival, which is so new, so different than previous years? I love Aluna. I love Caminos and Rutas as a festival. Like, I find it so inspiring anyway, like, um, um, and creative and stuff. It's interesting to see how people are kind of trying to make what would have been traditional live theater as we know it and try to put it into a film or videography of some sort to kind of not lose the uh, the theater-esque of it. I've done video projection work, which includes some of these technologies, but uh, fitting something into a broadcast format is just totally different. Even from like a lighting design perspective, the way that light shows up on camera is totally different than the way that it shows up in real life. Um, so I know... Uh, the, the couple of shows that I've been able to support with some uh, with some lighting work, I've been really challenged to translate something that will become that will look totally different on camera. Um, the process of getting ready for a live show is a lot of everyone in the room all the time rehearsing, and then you step back and the performance happens. And the filming method, uh, as someone who's never really had the opportunity to work on film sets. Um, you're kind of always in tech at all times. The whole process of recording is tech. There's no like we rehearse and then we record and then we perform. Like the performance part and the tech part kind of all happen simultaneously. So there's, there's a really chaotic energy to trying to film something that um, is unsettling and exciting, but uh, is a totally different challenge. Like you can stop and change your angle to get exactly the perfect moment, the perfect shot, or you can get stuck trying to get that perfect shot for an entire day. So it's just an entirely different approach to what the produced final art looks like. For people who might not know what, what is to be on a technical team, what is the journey from like meeting the artist to opening day? Well, my day, uh, like a typical day is not very, that's a, funny thing because it can change from from day to day but I mean as a general thing it's production manager usually deals with like scheduling and budgeting and contacting the artists um, to see what just to kind of get some conversations going I mean this one was a bit different because we were sort of um, because it's a work in progress so it seems like it's a bit more of a not hands-on is the wrong word, but more of a supportive uh, energy. Aluna is always that way anyway, but um, so uh, helping them get the studio time or technical uh, support, whether they need like lighting. And this time around too, um, Rebecca did this fancy uh, Google form. So we got a bunch of, um, so then usually we're prepping the tech writers and then we send that out and then the, the artists kind of like fill it in as best they can. And then from there, and then we go from there. And then we usually meet a few bunch of times and get them to, um, kind of uh, fill it out fill, yeah, or, <laughs> or focus on one idea not like a million that's what I found this time around there were so many ideas and it's awesome because yeah. they have so many ideas but it's just uh, you know so Rebecca and I's job is to help facilitate that to come to life basically <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that makes Caminos and Rutas uh, very special so much about Caminos is about 
tailoring the festival to the art that's in the festival. Um, it's not about here, do you fit in our festival? It's how can we make our festival fit the artists that we want to work with this year? And I think that's why Carissa and I in particular are so drawn to getting to work with Aluna on this kind of project because it is less certain. There is less of a typical day. You don't know what you're necessarily going to be asked to do, but it is very much about finding a team of people that can support whatever the artists need. It's a completely unique festival every year. Um, and some of the structure carries over, but that also means that you can't just replicate. There's no template. There's no standard way of working. Um, the only thing that stays the same in previous years was we were usually at the Aki and working with Native Earth Performing Arts. And even this year, like that's all new because we're broadcasting. So so much about this year is unique for this festival and so much about this festival is unique in the way that festivals work. It's work in development. So a new discovery could be made the day of the show. So um, there've been a couple of times where uh, Carissa and I are getting ready to do someone's tech rehearsal and they've just realized that they need this specific thing. So Carissa will get in her truck and be like, okay, I know exactly where to get that. I called the person, I'll go find it. And I've said, oh, okay, I understand that you want it to be programmed this way. I'll help you like figure out your lighting or whatever. I have a lot of memories of like, oh, actually we figured out if we just move it over here and do it this way, we can support your discovery and adapt. So, and being able to do that while also directing like a large team of people who are used to doing work in a very different way can be very challenging. You're artists. How, how do you, your practice play into the roles on the production team? Uh, these are festivals that play to your strengths at being extremely adaptable and flexible and working with uh, artists that are outside of traditional theater. Like the fact that you're the, like, we're presenting cabaret, we're presenting dance, we're presenting movement, performance art, comedy, like, and that's something I think Carissa in particular has a lot of experience just like uh, working with all kinds of artists that don't necessarily have the support of being traditionally considered an artist or being programmed in a theater festival, quote unquote. Like, Thanks. That's real nice of you to say. Thanks. <laughs> you treat everyone in the room as an artist. You're comfortable with working. Like, you're not going to look down on a like burlesque performer and say what you're doing is an art. You're going to say what you're doing is beautiful art and I'm going to make it look professional and support your vision yeah. and so i don't know that's yeah. kind of my outside view of well thanks i feel very much the same way about you like you are very supportive and want to make sure that they the artists feel good about themselves and about their pieces and make sure they look good and that they have the right stuff and they're not like i find you're very calm <laughs> <laughs> and supportive and very and think outside the box too and I think for both of us, it's a festival that challenges us to, um, like, we already have the understanding of being adaptable and supportive, but challenges us to not just think of, like, the way you would do this in a theater. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, there, there's a real encouragement to think of creative solutions that then, like, can become part of your artistic practice outside of the festival. 
I feel Trevor is the same way too. Like he very much promotes like supporting the work and supporting the artist versus whatever is the easiest or the cheapest. Um, there's always a good. Yeah, it's not about oh, I've done something like this before. I know how to do it. It's like what will work in this moment for this particular situation. And that was Carissa Wilcox and Rebecca Vandeveld. All these theater makers are a vital part of what makes this festival great. And right now, the Caminos Multi-Arts Festival is open. Come join us. This year, Caminos is presenting the art of 32 groups, both live and online, from October 12th through the 24th. Go to caminos.ca for more on how to see this show and to support this artist. Y gracias a Venia's Guerra and New Tradition Music for the theme song. We are speaking to you from the shores of this beautiful Zaga Igan, known to some as Lake Ontario, in Toronto, or Dagorondo. This is the ancestral territory of the Haudenosaunee, or Longhouse Confederacy, the Anishinaabek Nation, the Wendat, and the Mississaugas of the Credit. This land is covered by the Dish with One Spoon Wampum and Treaty 13, also known as the Toronto Purchase. Araluna. We remember that people can begin to heal when they are hurt. We are committed to artful participation in disagreements. We are committed to unsettling ourselves towards connection, respect, and justice for all people who now live in this city, which has been a meeting place since time immemorial. Radio Aluna Teatro is produced by Aluna Theatre, with support from the Toronto Arts Council, the Ontario Arts Council, the Canada Council for the Arts, the Department of Canadian Heritage, and TD Bank. Aluna Theatre is Beatriz Pisano and Trevor Shellness with Sue Ballant. Radio Aluna Theatre is produced by Monica Garrido and Camila Diaz Varela. For more about Aluna Theatre, visit us at alunatheatre.ca, follow at Aluna Theatre on Twitter or Instagram, or like us on Facebook. Miigwech and Nyawangoa. <laughs> <laughs>